Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, uh, it's Wednesday. Let me do the Haftorah. Um, I was going to say one thing, but I changed my mind. This is being sponsored by the Shulchan Zariel and, and Eitan. As I mentioned earlier this week, thank you very much. And we have Shabbos Nachma, which of course is very famous. For the daytime, that's when we get engaged, that's when we get married. I myself got married. But the original Nachmu Nachmu is a little bit interesting because the Prophet Shayo is uh, many ways of interpreting it, but uh, I'll speak about the first and then the second. Uh, as I mentioned last year, Shayo lived long before the Chorim Beis Amigdash, Tamachiskio, 100 years or whatever before that. Um, but in his time, there was a Holocaust. And that was the invasion of the kingdom of Judah by Yashar, Sancherov, who really devastated the country, killed a velt of people. It's just not recorded so well. It's better recorded by the Gaim than by the Jews. And uh, it's just terrible. At the last minute, when the Jews were about to be wiped out, a miracle occurred and an angel wiped out the Assyrian army. But till that point, they killed a velt of Jews and they conquered all the cities with the exception of Yushalayim. Uh, so, let's put it this way. Here's the prophet Isaiah. Sancherov has been busted. The Assyrian army was miraculously destroyed. The enemy has retreated. Yerushalayim now is safe. And now what? So you might say, well, the enemy's gone. Yeah, but, you know, 90% of the population was killed. What's, what, what's, what's, what's the point? What's the joy? The same thing happened in 1945. <clears throat> when the Allies won Second World War, and Hitler Taka killed himself and all that, and the Allied armies occupied Germany, you say, hooray, the Jews won. We didn't win. We lost six million. Right? And especially somebody lost his family and all the rest of it. We didn't win. We paid a big price. Now, if you told somebody who survived the war, and there are many cases of this, as you know, maybe some of you listening have parents and grandparents like that. <clears throat> if you survived the war... 1945, and you're the only one left from a big family, all the rest of it, what do I say? You say, now all of a sudden you go into big depression. How come you weren't depressed in, in Auschwitz and Dachau? I was too busy trying to keep life together. I had no time to think. Every minute well, I'm trying to save my life and get some bread, get some food, survive, and survive. Now that the war is over and the bad guys are gone, now I can all of a sudden think. When I think I get depressed, and the reason I get depressed, the guy says, is I used to have 50 relatives, now they're all dead. You know, mother, father, uncles, or 100 relatives, whatever it is, you know what I mean. And the person who's trying to help says, listen, you cannot be like that. If you allow yourself to stay in this state of mind, which is 100% understandable, I'll say it again, it's not a question whether you're right or wrong. You're right from the intellectual and moral point of view. What happened to you is terrible. I agree with that. You know, and now you're all alone in the world in a Hanami. But guess what? Life is so constituted that either you pull yourself together 
or you will remain a permanent carbon of the Holocaust. And I'll tell you again, I know, and maybe some of you listening know, or your parents and grandparents know, people like it, that the war never ended for them. It was too powerful an experience. And it, of course it was. And they just felt were crushed for the rest of their lives. They didn't get married. They didn't have jobs. They didn't this and that. You know, whatever. Their life was a wreck. And uh, it's a tragedy. Now, I repeat, I don't blame them. After what they went through, it's understandable. But there's no choice. You understand? To, but, but, to, but to, you know, to, but to persevere on if you want to have some way of recovering. So to such a person, uh, you would say with tough love, Nachamu, Nachamu. Do you know Nachamu is a Lush and Tzivoy? It's a command to plural male. He doesn't say Hinochem or something like that. Please be comforted. Like someone would say in a Shiva house, I wish you comfort all the rest of it. That's nicey-nicey. But the person I'm talking about who <clears throat> went through a Holocaust in one form or another, you say, buddy, snap out of it. Claw Yisrael, snap yourselves out of it. Nachamu, nachamu, ami. Yomer l'hoich. Hashem says, I'm giving you a command. Command is get over it. Get past it. Get over it. You cannot go around in permanent depression. I, Hashem, is the one who sent the Makkah. That is true. But what is the reason he sent the Makkah? Here's the major principle of Jewish religion. God does not punish anybody because he's angry. God does not get angry. doesn't have emotions as the Rambam would explain to you. Usually people punish because they're angry. There's something wrong with them. But a very superior <clears throat> teacher, or a very superior parent, will say, I'm not angry at what the kid did, but it's necessary to administer his punishment for his own good, so he and she will learn a lesson for the future and not repeat it. Classic story, parents are crossing the street, the kid runs out in the green light, Baruch Hashem, nothing happened. The car missed him. The parent goes and smacks the kid. Uh, not because he's angry. I'm not talking about that kind of parent. I'm talking about a regular parent. But I want to teach you, this is one thing you cannot do. You cannot run when it's a green light. I'm telling you, for your own good. Maybe the kid is two, three, four years old, done the chag. I'm telling you, that's why I'm hitting you. You do that again, get hit again. But after a little while, the kid will understand, hopefully, why you did it. So the purpose of hitting the kid was not to hit the kid and not to take vengeance on the kid, not to pour your anger out. A parent or a guardian who does that is not doing right. But to teach the child a very, very important lesson. In America and the world, you cross against the wrong light, <clears throat> you get run over. It'll be a pancake. That's what it is. You see? So Hashem doesn't get angry. He acts in the immediately, you know, without getting a philosophical discourse. He acts in a certain way in order to get you to stop doing the bad and embrace the good, the change. Doesn't work all the time, but that's the reason. So if the base of was destroyed, even though it says, doesn't mean, or ask the Rambam, doesn't mean God got angry. But he said, this base of English ain't working out. You understand? This is not working out. And therefore, I want this place gone. I'll give you a second or third try. You know, another temple, but this is not working out. Uh, and that's the reason I'm going to destroy it. So that you'll say, when we get a temple next time, we'll get it right. Not to say, Hashem doesn't want us to be destroyed. The, the temple, <clears throat> it means that he's angry. 
that he'll never talk to us again and how stupid we were that we provoked him and oh yeah, yeah let's be depressed for the rest of our history which after all is the position of christianity and islam vis-a-vis judaism they say you had it once but you blew it and which is true but because you blew it god permanently rejected you we we say that part's not true we say that part's not true now nachamu nachamu ami therefore means you have to get comforted and move on with your life in a constructive fashion to the person who suffered through the Holocaust, you say, look, nachamu, nachamu, and now go out there and go to America, Israel, whatever, get married, start a family, pick up the piece of where you left. There's no way you can undo the past. What happened was terrible. We're not excusing the Nazis, and so on and so forth. But nachamu, nachamu, it's necessary to get on there. And the language is really striking because it says, kol kori ba midbar, Hashem. Even in the desert, you know, uh, the person who's suffered, like in the Holocaust, something like that, they're walking deserts. It's a shmama in them. It's not their fault, but what they live through, they've been devastated. If it's a young person, he never had a, 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 a youth. You know? And this happened in Spain, it happened in Germany, it happened in Poland, it happened so in the, over and over. It's a basic theme in Jewish history. Right? Uh, and we say, no, no, kol kor ba midbar Hashem. Even in a midbar, even if your life is a midbar, if you want to be homiletical, even the state of American Jewry is a midbird, which it is. I still say, Yashru Baroz Mesilahinu. It's possible to straighten out a road, which is a Mesilahinu, as the prophet says in our Haftarah. You can build a road to Hashem. Really? How can I do that? After all, my life was destroyed. Your life was destroyed, but it doesn't deprive you of the opportunity or the possibility of building a second life. And I repeat, uh, I'm a product of such a situation. So were some of you listening, your parents or whatever, uncles. And, you know, they ha- you have no choice but to say, Nachamu, Nachamu, and Yashu Baravah, Mesilohinu. You have to find a way to straighten out in the Aravan, the dry and, and, and arid desert, a road to Hashem. Mesilohinu. So it's quite striking. Okay? Now, it's understandable. You know, the Haftar is usually truncated, and so is ours. <clears throat> it, it ends in Pasuk, whatever it is. Uh, uh, Pasuk Chaf Hey, I guess, or Chaf Vav. But the next Pasuk, which should have been this week's Pasha, the Prophet Yeshai is addressing the people who say, Loma Summer Yaakov Sadabri Yisrael, Nistrogard, Nistrogard, Arkimi Hashem, Melohai Mishpati Avor. God doesn't even know what happened to me, so there's no significance to it. Or to use his language as Astroponin, Nistra Darkimashan. God acts as if he doesn't know. You see? Um, so that makes things worse. And the, the prophet is true as him, it's not true. Hashem knows, he cares. The only thing is, there was a reason for the punishment. But the reason for the punishment has to be something constructive. The reason for the punishment has to be something that says, okay, you know, next time I'll do better. I got an F on this semester. But next semester, I can turn it around. You understand? If the kid says, because I got an F in this semester, I'm giving up, which is very common in the current generation, interestingly. We have a very delicate uh, generation now. If he says that, then it's become counterproductive. Because my point in giving you that grade was not to make you set yourself up for a failure. The point was to say, nachamu, nachamu, get out of it, get your act together, pull yourself out of it, you know, put yourself back on the straight and narrow, 
and then proceed. Um, so this is a big episode because there have been many episodes in Jewish history, most recently in Holocaust. It's not the only one. And it's interesting. You see many people were not able to come out of it, and many were. Gashmius and Aruchnius. Some people were prosperous before the Holocaust, but because of the events that happened, they never were prosperous again. Uh, they're like wrecked and crushed in their spirit. And similarly, somewhere, you know, Judaism-wise, were wrecked and crushed in spirit. No, there's not. No, there's not. It's interesting to contemplate now that we're talking almost 75 years later, um, more than that, that the Second World War has a very interesting effect. And to use general terms, the from got firmer and the less from got less from. The middle hollowed out. But the from got firmer and more larger and, and more... Um, numerous, and uh, the non from, uh, you know, the opposite. So it's very interesting that one group, I would say overall in general, my generation particularly, had like a hidden command, make sure Hitler doesn't win. That's what pushed a lot of people to work for Yiddishkeit. Uh, so that means he took the, 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 the lesson of the Holocaust, whatever you want to call it, the right way. Others said, there's no point I'm giving up, I'll marry a guy, I'll just drop out, I'll change, because it's, it's too much. Well, then then it was an unsuccessful experiment on the part of God. <laughs> you see? Um, now, that's quite remarkable, but we find this happening again and again in history. Same thing happened, for example, off the top of my head in Spain, when 50% of population, eventually 75% of population converted. And the people converted, so I guess I can't take this anymore. It was the point of suffering. Nistra Darkim Hashem, Melahai Mishpatei Yavor. And it happened. And again, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they'll convert, then of course it's self-fulfilling prophecy. The only thing is, uh, the ones who survived, you know, that's the Sephardim today. They build it up, but, you know, with, with, with this problem over their heads, and the question becomes, in our time, after the persecutions that we've witnessed or, not, or our parents' generation witnessed, and the general, I would say, cultural assault on the values of Judaism, which is a general cultural assault, has weakened a lot of people. And they say, you know, Nister, Darkimashem, Melhaimishpati, Yavor, that, um, you know, it's a, uh, God's not looking at this anyway. It's all, you know, some rabbinical business that people are just running their own rules. And uh, in that case, I can appeal or challenge them. And how this affects Hashem, I don't know. Uh, here you find Rashi coming and saying, you should assign an entire uh, group as a mini group within the army. And they should, it sounds almost like they should be the first ones to meet these uh, Muslim uh, defenders. Because in Islam, you know, you're not, the guy should not even get close to the church. And we'll see how it happens. Uh, hold on. Now, what's interesting is that Yeshay is speaking about his own time. So it means even in the aftermath of the defeat of Sancheru, the miraculous defeat of Sancheru, the evacuation of the kingdom of Judah by the enemy army, a lot of people just bummed out. You understand? They said, whoa. Nistra, Darkim Hashem. We don't want to go on like this. We want to be Jewish. Which is... So ironic because 
The story in Tommy Yishai was that he had some wicked kings like Ahaz, and they idolatrized the kingdom. They put in idolatry everywhere. And Ashur came up close. And then Ahaz died and was followed by Chizkiah, and he turned things around and got rid of all the idols. And then came the invasion by Ashur, and which again killed like 90%. And then the survivors say, to heck with this, now let's go. Now Hashem doesn't care about us if he let us suffer through so much. And Hashem says, no, I saved you at the last moment. The whole point is to learn the lesson. Don't do what your predecessors did and bring on these punishments. And they didn't see it that way. They said, you know, he, he gave up on us or um, it's too late or we've gone too far. Um, and of course, this became a theme because the same thing happened in the Corbin of Bais Rishon. In the book of Yechezkel, who's living after Yeshaya, Yechezkel, of course, lives in Babylonia. And he sees the exiled Jews come there. And they say, you know, uh, that, you know, I know what you're thinking, Hashem says through the prophet. And that is that since the base was destroyed, you've gone to the Golas, so you don't have to be from anymore. Um, like I said, many people said it after the war. And that would be drawing the wrong lesson. See? That would not be called Nachamu Nachamu. That would be drawing the wrong lesson. Uh, and so Yeshaya, I guess he's like a a, uh, a cycle. Happened by Sacher's time, happened by Nebuchadnezzar's time. You may be certain that it happened in Tishba by Shani time when the Basin Mish was destroyed. A lot of people just hit the road. A ton of people left Judaism. It's one of the pet theories of uh, Doris Rishonim, of Igner Miller, if you prefer, that the reason you don't hear about the Tzedukim and the Baisusim and all other group after the Chorim Beis Hamidosh is because they said, forget it, we're giving up the Judaism, we'll, come, we'll blend in with the Romans. They became Goyim. <clears throat> if you don't think that happened a ton of times, even in Rashi's time, other times, to a ton of Jews, every time it's a persecution. So it turns out that every time something bad happens, you get two sets of responses from the Yid. Number one, the one who says, okay, um, from the fact we've been punished, we seem to be doing something wrong, let's try to work and get our act to improve our act. Uh, number two, you find people who say, okay, I mean, if Hashem wants all the Jews gone, I won't be Jewish then, I, I, I won't be part of this. You say, oh, you're, you're giving up a glorious legacy. Yeah, not so glorious. You know, not the way it expresses itself in my life. Therefore, I'm just giving up. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm calling it a day, as it were. Um, well, this is true even in our time. And so, when I say it's true in our time, a lot of kids, especially in the campuses elsewhere, they hear all this stuff against Israel, which is far from perfect, and they'll say, I'll join the, you know, the pro-Arabs, the BDS, the other stuff like that. Which is not uh, the the lesson that's supposed to be learned from all these anti-Israel phenomena, anti-Jewish phenomena, but sometimes you learn the wrong lesson. So nachamu nachamu is a very specific kind of thing, which is take it the right way and return. And even if you're you befuddled in a desert, but Yashu it's possible to 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 uh, draw a, a road map back to Hashem. And don't think it's impossible because Mimoda Bashal, you know, God measures the whole world. He can do anything, so to speak. A lot of poetry about how guy God is uh, you know, unique and whatever. 
I know in Rose name Loyan shelves the arts with a god a kato also. The god you know overthrows the tyrants, but he also said he also sets them up. So you're left with the aftermath of Tishabov being called Shabbos Nachmu because as I said, when Tishabov happened, whether the original Tishabov, the second Tishabov, the third Tishabov, you know, Betar, whatever. The, there is the phenomenon of the Holocaust, which is a historical phenomenon. This nation screwed the Jews over this way. That nation screwed the Jews over another way. The third nation did it a third way. That's half the story. The other half of the story of Jewish history is, and what was the reaction of the Jews or the survivors? What was the reaction of the survivors? Sometimes the answer is, there was no reaction, like it's happening now, so that the, so that the the enemies actually won. And sometimes there was a reaction against, you know, uh, a, a positive reaction. I would say, generally speaking, in the end, since 1945, as I mentioned before, uh, we've seen negative and positive reactions among the Jewish people. It's almost 80 years now, 75, 80 years. Um, you find some people who say, you know, Hitler showed that being Jewish is a, is a misfortune, therefore I don't want to be part of this. You find others who said, you know, we have to rebuild the world that was destroyed by Hitler and not give him a victory, right? And, you know, um, therefore, let's be mechazik. And there has been, of course, a great revival of Torah and Torah Judaism since 1945. Um, there's even a book about it. I remember years ago, I read from Rabbi Mazo. It was very interesting. And, uh, you know, he made this point. But uh, that's that's interesting, I'm saying. But not for a lot of other Jews. And so Nachamu, Nachamu becomes not simply, you know, a saccharine call for comfort, but a stern call. Find comfort, comfort yourself. And when I tell you and you suffered, and I say comfort yourself, what I'm really doing is giving tough luck. Tough love, I'm sorry, tough love. What I'm saying is get over it, man. You know, whether or not objectively you're right, you get over it. Because if you dwell upon the negative and the depressing side of things, that'll become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're going to get past it and make it that the negativity, the negative episodes are just that, or episodes within your history, an episode comes and goes, then it's not going to work out. Then, uh, you know, the Jewish people will, will disappear. And we're living now, you and I, in a time in which we're seeing among Yisrael, two parallel um, phenomena, one positive, one negative. And generally speaking, I would say the stronger are getting stronger, the weaker are getting weaker. The firmer are getting firmer, and the non-firm are getting less, non, you know, more non-firm, if I can use that terminology. The middle is, is, is shrinking, but the poles are, uh, are, are strong. And uh, that has to do with the nature of reactions to misfortune. The nature of reactions to misfortune. How do we react to Corbin? Somebody once said, you can't um, be responsible for what happens to you because sometimes bad stuff happens to people. It's not their fault. But you're always responsible how you react towards it. right? You're always responsible how you act and react towards the items. Uh, this Haftorah, to my mind, is all about this reactive uh, quality. So, of course, he has all these glorious prophecies, but uh, he just, at the very end, he says, Loma Summer Yaakov, in this, right after 
the formal end of the Haftarah. I think that they should have added that, but okay, you know, nobody asked me. That should have been part of the Haftarah. Uh, but instead, I think people simply have a general tendency to say, Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, find comfort, you know, it's like a general liberal type statement. I think it's a lot more than that. It's a, it's a tough love kind of statement. But anyway, that was my idea. Once again, I want to thank the Shuchmans, Ariella, especially, and Eitan for sponsoring that. And with that, I wish you a good day. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.